how many companies even have someone that's dedicated to returns? Yeah, that's definitely rare. There's so many companies that it's just an afterthought of, well, we, we have to do this, so someone needs to take care of it. So some, well, lots of times, it'll get just lumped into the warehouse team. They're told, hey, customers are going to be sending this stuff back, figure out what we need to do with it. And that's not the best way to go about providing a positive customer experience. Well, good day and welcome to Commerce Today. My name is Darren Newbold and I am joined as always by my wonderful sidekick and co-host here, Josh, to have a little conversation about what's going on in the world of commerce. But Josh, as I looked at this, uh, our topic for today, the return wars, it got me thinking about a time a few years ago, well, okay, maybe it was a lot of years ago. I'm a little bit day or two older than you are. But anyway, that aside, I was thinking about a story of realizing that when it comes to returns, I used to, many, many years ago, I'd go to my closet and I would find that I'd have, I have all these clothes that I never wore. And it was one of those where I didn't like shop, even shopping for clothes. And what I really realized is, is it wasn't really the clothes. It was that I would get something home and maybe it looked great. Maybe even it fit right in the store. But by the time I got it home, it didn't go right or I didn't, didn't work out. And I didn't want to return it. And, you know, you're probably wanting to ask me, well, dude, why did you just return the thing? And I didn't want to. Well, why? Well, it was embarrassing. I felt, I don't know, I felt a little foolish. And, and usually they asked all these questions of, that I didn't want to answer. And I felt half the time I might not necessarily be truthful about, oh, did you ever wear this? I don't, you know, I didn't. Anyway, and so I just didn't return it. And then out of all of this, today comes along Amazon. And I have no problem because Amazon has made it almost frictionless. I can practically take a package and throw it at a postal service person and it'll get returned to Amazon. So with that all being said, the return wars. Talk to us. Yeah, man, that's, it's funny as you're saying that, I'm envisioning the old, um, I don't know if it was Dillard's, might have been Foley's, but the old... That dates me already. Um, the old POS systems they had that were like the ones connected to the mainframe where it's like very slowly they're clicking. You feel like you're almost in the DMV and they're like, reason for your return? Right, exactly. And they had to type in zero, two, <laughs> did not fit. And, uh, and then even fast forwarding a little bit, you know, before Amazon made it so easy, before consumers really started to expect to be able to return things, I remember there for a while, there was a, a, a pretty big business and industry around services that were trying to prevent returns, that were, I remember retailers in the mall, um, which again, kind of dates things, um, where they would always want to scan your driver's license before a return. And it was almost like the the old systems, man, we're, we're like commerce... A hundred years ago, not yeah, commerce this is the today. Aged commerce, but, but the um, the old systems where if you wrote a check and they would run your driver's license to see if it was okay to accept a check from you, there are services like that that basically, if their little system or algorithm decided that you weren't an okay person to return that product today, you just didn't get to return it. And so there was almost a a fear of you're going to the retailer saying, you know, please sir, please accept my return. And you're right. Now the expectations have definitely changed, and it's it's crazy. Well, heaven forbid you show up and you don't have a receipt. 
I mean, yeah. you might as well be a leper at that point. I mean, there's just nothing happening. You're you're doomed. Yeah, yeah. And so now it's it's so different. Um, there's actually some reports that came out of Retail Dive back in um, November 2022 about how 91% of e-commerce retailers are reporting that returns are growing faster than revenue, and that on average, 30% of online orders are now being returned. So kind of these return wars are... The, the front line has shifted, and now, whether they like it or not, retailers are having to accept returns. Um, that's just kind of the, the consumer expectation now, and they're having to figure out, okay, how do we do this and, and at least stay in business, but ideally continue to thrive? Well, and is there a way is there a way for these retailers to look at it even strategically and turn something that is potentially a negative? And... Obviously, the first piece is turning it into a positive for a customer experience, but also how can it be, is there a way to turn it into a positive for the business itself? Yeah, definitely. And and that's really, you're right, it starts with the customer experience of making sure, like if someone's returning something, something went wrong in the sale. And whether it was something about um, your product, your business, or even just the consumer's expectations not being quite in line with where they ought to have been, something went wrong and you have an opportunity to make it right and to really convert that customer into a customer for life if you handle that return well. So I do think you're right. The The very first step is just to make it not just a seamless experience, but make it a rewarding experience where they really enjoy the process as much as they can of returns. Um, in our household, it's almost become a uh, a game with our kids of taking things back to the UPS store and who's going to go help that day. Because you're right, so many several retailers now, you don't have to print a label or anything. You just show a barcode on your phone at the UPS store, and that product's going back to the retailer. Yeah, making it seamless like that, and I'm sure there's AI places or places where AI can make that even better. What do you see is, or are there some tools that merchants can use that, that might make this easier or helpful for them? There, there are some tools out there that can help you um, as far as managing the logistics, because that's all it really is, is you need to know wh- when are these products coming back, why are they coming back, what's coming back, that type of thing. And there's, there's definitely some solid service providers out there for that. I think the challenge, though, is deciding then once those products come back, what do you do with them? And I've noticed that Amazon, and I know we, we keep using them as the example, but they are kind of the the uh, big name and, and big presence in e-commerce, but they've gotten aware they don't even wait till get, they get the product back. Um, I see a refund. The second that I've dropped it off at the UPS store, it's in UPS's possession, I'm getting a refund. So they don't know if I even returned the right product. Um, they're kind of just going on trust there. And that's a decision that each retailer has to make of when do you provide the refund and how extensive do you want to get in handling those return products. And I think it, it'll vary from um, industry to industry, product type to product type. But I think used to, kind of going back to that adversarial approach I mentioned before that mall retailers would have, there was almost this, you know, assume the customer is out to get you, assume the customer is, you know, messing you over. We have to check, recheck. We're going to take everything apart, put it back together again before we even think about accepting this return. I think a lot of retailers have realized now that, that's a lot of cost. That's a lot of overhead to have your people doing that. And so kind of setting a a realistic and reasonable level of how much handling you even do on those returns can be really helpful. Well, and it's interesting, 
thinking about kind of the quote unquote omni commerce approach of brick and mortar as well as online and all the different ways to to buy products and to to get them. I had an experience, this is recent, of a, I won't mention no company names, but it is a company that that makes a very high-end uh, and typically very, very good uh, vacuum cleaner is one of the products that they that they make. And what I found interesting is, is that while the product that I got, there is nothing wrong with it and it is fantastic, as I was looking at it, I was wondering, could I just return it and pay for an upgrade of an upgraded version. I got a great deal on the maybe the last year's model, and I was like, okay, well, maybe I do want to pay the extra money and get just the upgrade. What I found out is is that unless it was broken, they would not take it as a exchange whatsoever. And the fact that I bought it online, I could only return it online. I could not return it to a store. And if you bought it at a store, you can't return it online. It only has to go. I mean, it was just some really weird things. And I thought for a for they're very customer centric and very focused, but there's a lot of rules around trying to get something as a return. And when you have a product that has multiple models and, you know, if you think of like Apple, Apple wants you, they want you to be in the latest and greatest. So they're going to find, they're going to create excuses you haven't even thought of to buy the latest and greatest model. Whereas here, I want to, I want to spend more money with this company and I can't. Yeah, and how many people have you told that story to? And how many people are you going to ever recommend that brand to now? Well, the hundreds and hundreds and thousands that are listening to this well, podcast are going to hear all about it. But, exactly. but yeah, that's, that's one of those cases. But back to our, back to our uh, return wars and stuff. All right, what are the pitfalls? What are the challenges with this? Um, kind of looking at the strategic side with the companies and, you know, what do they do with the returns? And do they ever get the returns back? We talked... Talk yeah. a little bit about that. Yeah, we were chatting about that earlier. Um, and this is another um, case where owning the customer relationship and owning the the entire sale can make such a big difference. So if you're selling through Amazon and you're selling through fulfillment by Amazon, you can end up in a situation where Amazon's going to accept that return no matter what. And so your product's going to be returned. Amazon's going to deduct it out of your revenue. You have no choice. Um and so not only do you not have any control there, but then in a lot of cases, um, Amazon's actually going to charge you to ship the product back to you if you want to receive the returns back. So I know there's a lot of a lot of brands selling on Amazon that just opt to not even receive those items back. And that, you know, up to 30% of online orders that are being returned of theirs, that's 100% just a, a cost for them. And there's no opportunity to recover or resell that. And so that's where... Um, even going back to the other example you gave about the vacuum cleaner, like owning owning the sale and owning the systems so that you can provide that seamless omni-channel experience so that whether you bought it in store, bought it in lo- online, you can return it either way, that type of thing. That's just the new normal. That's just what people expect now. And that's what turns that you know potential 30% cost into an opportunity to recover the sale, an opportunity to sell an upgraded model, an opportunity to at least get the product back and um, you know sell it as a refurbished model or as a used model. Exactly. I mean, that's being able to recover some of that expense. That's that's got to be key to all of this because one of the things that as we were as we were looking at this topic and stuff, how many companies even have someone that's dedicated to returns that's focused on it, that that's their job is to work on and manage that. Do you find that as an issue? 
Yeah, that's definitely rare. There's so many companies that it's just an afterthought of, well, we we have to do this, so someone needs to take care of it. And so some not, well, lots of times it'll get just lumped into the warehouse team, and they're told, hey, customers are going to be sending this stuff back, figure out what we need to do with it. And that's not the best way to go about providing a positive customer experience. Well, and then you end up you end up with a situation where the CFO has to go down to the warehouse and is upset because why are we taking all these returns? Why are we losing so much money and all of this stuff that's sitting in inventory that we can't do anything with, those kinds of things. So it does end up disconnected. So it's things that merchants need to be aware of and be thinking about as they're exploring, especially as they're growing and getting more and more products out there that returns are a real thing. And it's an expectation that we as consumers have now. So you can you can thank or you can hate Amazon and the other big companies that have really set the standard with this, but it is, is here to stay. Oh, that's the truth. And yeah, and it's so true that we've used Amazon as an example a lot today, but I think Apple is another solid example and a good example of how you can build a reputation with your customers of accepting returns and of making it a positive experience and you can use it to increase your sales. Um, I know I, I've heard of people talking about how you know they'll go out and they'll buy two of the latest Apple laptops, um, maybe two different colors or more often two different levels of performance, and they'll try both for a week and figure out which one they really like better, return the other. I think a lot of those people, if Apple didn't make it so easy to return what is a, a very costly and you know technical purchase, they'd probably just buy the less expensive model and try to make do with that. But they're able to convert some of those um, those individuals into the more expensive model, and then they resell those models on their um, refurb their refurb store. So they're not really losing any money because now they have a lower price point that a consumer that otherwise maybe couldn't afford or wouldn't buy an Apple laptop, they're buying that refurb, and they're maintaining the price point of the the newer laptops. Yeah, it's a um, it's quite a uh, quite an experience. And then one other little thing is you brought up Apple and and just realizing having some direct line experience with them is using returns as that opportunity to surprise and delight. Hmm. And that's that moment of a customer likely in a return situation. Not always, but but many times they're in a situation where they're not the happiest. They may not be in the best of places, and that's the opportunity to really make that difference so well as we look at this and as we kind of wrap this uh package this all up and return it to uh our uh, our audience josh uh, anything else you'd like to add on uh, the return wars uh, no i think with that awesome pun I, there, there's no way i can top that so well as always we thank you for uh, tuning in to commerce today thanks a bunch and uh, we look forward to uh, connecting with you next time